Learning from the mistakes of others? You can't live long enough to make them all yourself, so it's a good idea. Eleanor Roosevelt said something along those lines. And if you've ever wished you could foresee financial missteps before they happen, well, you're not alone. We all do that. So on today's episode, we're going to explore some real life stories of regret and conversation uh, to hopefully avoid some of these issues and money mistakes that you might regret and hopefully find ways to avoid them here on Middle Class Millionaire. Becoming a millionaire isn't just about growing your money. It's also about protecting and preserving your wealth by using the right financial strategies for your situation. Welcome. This is Middle Class Millionaire with John Choi. John has his Master's of Science in Financial Services and is a certified financial planner and the president of Epiphany Capital. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the podcast with John Choi and myself on Middle Class Millionaire this week. Money mistakes and uh, hopefully ways to avoid them is the topic of the conversation. We're going to get into that with John this week. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Well, um, golf season is coming to an end, <laughs> so it's uh, are you sad? It's a little sad. <laughs> We're going to have to go into hibernation, but oh. you know, nowadays with all these simulators, uh, we can actually swing the club inside. So that's, well, that's good. True, true. You probably go down like a to a top golf or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, uh, and go to town. So there you go. Well, we are into the final stretch here of October. Halloween is almost upon us, and we'll be turning the corner. Next thing you know, the holiday, the, the full-on holiday rush will be happening. Uh, we, you know, it's like I saw something pretty funny the other day. It said, uh, you know, I think well, I forget exactly how it went, but it said, uh, you know, the stores want us to celebrate Thanksgiving and Halloween and Christmas all at the same time, right? So they were trying to tie all the words together into one thing, and it was. I was like, yeah, they they start having those Christmas decorations out just right before Halloween. You think, man, really? G- give us a few more weeks, please, before you bombard I, us. With I think all that stuff. so many more people are into Halloween than anything. I mean, okay, so it's been growing. The for Halloween sure. decorations have gone up uh, at least a month before in our neighborhood. But if you think about it, like Christmas decorations come up uh, maybe like right after Thanksgiving. But man, people go nuts over over Halloween stuff. You should see some of the lawns in our neighborhood. They, they've got it looks like a some of them look like a cemetery. Some of them have these big old monster statues. It, it's I don't yeah. know. They go all out. <laughs> Everybody's different, right? And it kind of depends on the you know different neighborhoods start to get into different modes or whatnot. But yeah, it's a, it's a never ending barrage of Christmassy stuff down here. Maybe. It's but a, I got to tell you something. Hmm. My neighborhood, man, it's. Uh, November 1st, everything is down. After the first of the year, all the holiday decorations are down. Well, that's like, good. If you're late, if you're late, it's like it's like almost shameful. They shame <laughs> you into doing it. <laughs> Take that stuff down. We gotta they are it. so good. They are so good about it. That's like, funny. Oh, that's good. That's, that's good. funny. That's good stuff. Well, let's get into today's topic. Uh, we won't regret taking down our decorations or putting them up on time in John's neighborhood, but let's talk about some money mistakes. Uh, let's start with the regret of uh, you know pulling out money out from the IRA maybe early, right? Or or even, John, if you want to talk about it from the standpoint of taking a loan against it, right? Pulling a loan against your IRA or 401k. Why is that a mistake people might have an issue with? And what's some things to know if you're considering that or find yourself in a situation there? Well, first of all, you can't take loans out of an IRA. Um, okay. Let's, let's make that clear. You can do that on a 401k. Uh, yeah. Okay. If the plan allows for it. Okay. If the plan allows for it. But uh, no loans in, uh, in, in IRAs, no life insurance in IRAs. So that's number one. Number two, uh, premature withdrawals will give you a 10% penalty or 
have you subject to a 10% penalty and, and you will have to pay tax on that withdrawal. So between taxes and penalties, you could lose up to 40, maybe 50% mm-hmm. of your withdrawal to the government. So not the greatest thing uh, to do that. And uh, yeah, not not a wise financial decision. Yeah, a lot of times when I'm talking with advisors, they they definitely say that you know pulling money for you know out of these accounts prematurely is is usually the last thing they're going to recommend uh, in a situation where something's happened in life and you need to access some money. Looking at other options is certainly something they're going to try to find ways to to you know do that first because uh, there's just multiple reasons why it would be a bad idea. Some of the ones you just listed, obviously, and then if it's a down market, you know, it's just it's just bad all the way around. If you can avoid it, try not to do that. Yeah. And don't forget, I mean, taking loans out against your house, um, HELOCs, things of that nature, it's not the end of the world. Not the end of the world. Mm. Um, if you've got cash value life insurance, easy to take a loan out against it. So okay. I would definitely do that before I took a 10% you know, premature IRA withdrawal. Yeah. Okay. And, and and you got to understand there that there are exceptions. Sure, sure. There's, there's a lot of exceptions to uh, IRA 10, 10% withdrawal, uh, early withdrawals, as well as um, your, your plan world. So gotcha. different exceptions, right. but there are exceptions. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely talking with a professional, making that, you know, maybe uh, far down on the totem pole before you decide to access it, it would be, yeah. sounds like it's a good idea, you know, yeah, looking absolutely. at some other strategies. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number two, spending way too much in your peak earning year. So kind of frame it like this. Um, we were doing a, a build project, my brother and I here this over the summer and uh, contractors and pretty, many people are familiar with the term scope creep and the scope of the project kept getting bigger, right? It's like, okay, here's the budget to re to remodel this room. And it just keeps getting larger. Well, I think once the kids get out of the house, we're in our peak earning years, John. A lot of times this is maybe 45 and up, right? You start living, a, you start treating yourself a little more because you're no longer maybe paying the kids college or the kids cell phone. And, you know, you got a little extra money. You're in your highest earning years. So, you know, you start to treat yourself a little bit more. And you got to be careful on that because you don't want to do that too much at the sacrifice of the older version of you that's 20 you know, years down the road waiting for retirement, right? Yeah, I, you know, this is tough. I, I just went through a bathroom re- remodel myself. I'm mm-hmm. gonna tell you, this guy was a master. It's like, hey, you got everything new here. Are you sure you don't want that this new shiny little thing? And my wife's like, yeah, that's <laughs> yes, a good yes, idea. Yes, I do want that. Yeah, and it's the easiest uh, sell in the world, right? For for that for this guy. So um, now I've heard something that uh, you should take a part of your money and spend it like you were gonna die tomorrow. And sure. another part of your and another part of your money and and uh, act as if you were going to live till hundred. So right. I was like, hmm, okay, yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm so in my early, I'm in my early fifties, John. But I mean, my the seventy five year old version of me, I see him standing down the street waving at me, going, "Yo, don't forget about me. Stop spending all my stop spending all my extra money." Right. So it's a it's a balancing act. It it is. I mean, look, you can't you can't spend money like you know water. Right. And you can't just save, 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 save and and not do anything. I mean, what's the point of it? Yeah. So balance. balance yeah, for sure. Life. You know, and that and I love the saying there's the old saying, well there's no my dad used to tell me, well, I've never seen a Brinks truck following a Hearst, right? Uh, so you've never seen anybody, you know, with the with the money truck following behind the vehicle to take them to the cemetery. You can't take it with you. So balance. I mean, it's definitely going to be about balance. And there's it's called lifestyle creep. You know, when we get into that peak earning years where 
you know, maybe we get the boat, maybe we get the the sports car, or, you know, little, you know, we remodel the kitchen or the bathroom, right? You get the extra little pieces and just make sure you're planning for it. That's all. Make sure that your plan accounts for it so that you're not sacrificing too much uh, for the retirement years as well, because they are just around the corner. And speaking of the kids, John, number three on the list, regrets that and we're talking again, money mistakes you might regret, paying too much for your kids Tuition, right? Big topic of conversation last few years. Prices are obviously out of control. Do you sacrifice your retirement to help your kids with college? It's a fine line to walk. Don't wreck your retirement by paying for the kids' tuition. That's what I always say. You can't finance retirement. Right. And and I always say, look, there's so many different sources of college tuition, but there's only one source of your retirement income, and that's you. Right. Right. So again, it's, it, there is some sort of a balance, but I, I've made a decision. Uh, my wife and I did. We said, we're going to help them out as much as we can, but we're not going to sacrifice our, our retirement for this. We're not going to wreck it. Yeah. So well, I and think it's, you have to have that conversation. It's a cyclical thing anyway, John, right? Because if you give too much to the kids for your college and you wreck your own retirement, guess whose door you're knocking on when you need a place to figure out how to you know get through retirement and now they're in there you know, they've gotten married have kids of their own right it's just a cyclical thing where you know now you're kind of a, a burden on them when they were a, sort of a burden on you before so it's got to be a balancing act yeah and so we're gonna like i said it's it's different for different folks mm-hmm. i know people that have ruined their retirement because they wanted to get their kids a high quality education right that's a decision they've made uh so you know god bless them for that but you know, it's just, yeah, I, I warn people against that. Yeah, for sure. My mom had to stay with us for a couple of years, and uh, it was funny. And she's like, well, she's like, well, you know, you live with me in your early 20s. And I was like, yeah, I was couch surfing on, you know, your couch at that time, and you didn't like it. I don't think, you know, I don't like it with you living on my couch now that you're, <laughs> you know, you're retired. And she's like, yeah, it's not as fun as I thought it would be. I said, no, it's not, right? So you have to be careful. You have to watch that cyclical, you know, kind of, especially for, I think, our generation and the ages that we're at right now, John, is we find ourselves often in this sandwich uh, sandwich generation. Sandwich generation, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. Sandwich generation, baby. Helping the helping the uh, adult parents or the senior parents that we have and also our adult children, right? So it's a... That's where my spending comes from. Yep, fine I'm line. Getting it from both ends. <laughs> yep, fine line. But I'm happy to do it. There you go. Number four. Uh, retired a bit too early. Oops. And now it's maybe costing me more than I realized. We've talked before about the uh, longevity risk, John, which is a great multiplier of all the other risks that you encounter, like inflation and taxes. Well, retiring early is kind of like that longevity risk on steroids because you're adding more years to it. Yeah. And, uh, you'd be surprised. Um, you know, when I do the time money, uh, time value of money calculations, it's, you know, if you delay retirement for three years, it was like you only had to save half of what you would have saved or what you oh, had wow. to save. So you run the numbers yeah. and then you do a three-year pushback and it makes half the difference. It was crazy. Wow. That's I was cool. like, it, it, did you? Do, uh, it was one of my students and we're doing a, a, a case for the CFP. Okay. And, and I was like, did, did this guy do the uh, calculations right? So I pulled out my calculator. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I, he did do it right. It, it was it was just shocking. Just hmm. three years. He just, I think it was, if he retired at 64, he needed to put away, I don't know, $64,000 a year or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he retired at 67, it was 34000 I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> it, it was crazy. Uh, and I think also because 
the interest in the last three years is so much more than the interest on the first three years that you're going to get, right? Because you got a, a bigger pot of money. That's mm, number one. Yeah. Number two is you're not tapping into it for three years. Sure. You're actually saving. So it's like a, a, a double, like it's like gasoline uh, on the fire. And I imagine the social security aspect too. You're feeding that animal. Yeah. Right? And, and you're delaying it, right? right. So you're, you're getting a, a higher social security amount. So it's, it's, yeah. If you really want to, you know, boost your retirement income, consider working um, at least part-time or get a side gig. I mean, I've got a side gig. Yeah. So uh, this is the what is it the the side hustle generation, right? The side right. hustle times. You can do almost anything, especially in the virtual world now. Oh, right? for sure. I was going to say even what's happened in the last three years or so with people, uh, you know, getting. You know, we've seen a lot of people say, you know, I'm I'm I've burnt out. Everything that happened through COVID, I, I'm done. I'm close to being done. So I'm just going to pull the trigger and get out, maybe a little early. And others have said, well, you know, if they're going to let me work from home and the gig is pretty easy, maybe I'll go ahead and continue to pad those numbers. Right. So it's all about your situation, trying to really figure out what can you tolerate for sure uh, from that standpoint. But also, you know, do you need to like running the math, getting a plan and seeing where you stand to go? Yeah. Could we make this work if I retired early? Yes. But if I don't hate it and I could put in a couple more years, even to your example of three and it really cuts that, um, you know, in half or or gains you, I guess, half more then consider it. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's different levers you can pull. You can spend less, you can save more, you can retire later. And I'm telling you, retiring later is going to be so much more. That's got so much more impact. And look, if if you want to do part-time work, mm-hmm. uh, and I know like when I say after retire, work after retire is kind of an, an oxymoron. But that's work what optional. my wife and I are planning yeah. to do. Yeah, it's work optional. Um, so yeah. yeah, after she retires, she's going to do a little bit of a, a side gig in her industry. I'm going to continue to do mine in my industry. Right. Um, and that'll be enough to pay for our expenses without touching any of our retirement accounts. There you go. So that's, you know, again, that's that's like delaying retirement, but we're working part-time. We're doing what we love. We've got, you know, I can't play golf seven days a week and and I don't know what retirees do. I, I can't sit on the porch and drink lemonade all day. I mean, I gotta yeah. be active. Yeah. Well, you know, and and I realize that sometimes things are going to happen, right, where we can't we can't delay it, right? Maybe there's a medical health or, or you know reason, or my, you know my brother's example. He just he just retired last Friday, and um, you know he was they were they laid him off. The contract was ending, and he was at this point where he was like, "Well, I'm I'm about a year short of full retirement age." But I don't really think I want to do, you know, a full gig anymore. So he's like, I'm just going to go ahead, let them lay me off, do the severance, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll just do something part-time starting next year. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it's finding that line that you need to toe for your mental health, your physical health, and also your financial right. health. Right. It sounds like he's pretty handy with his, you know, with his uh, carpentry skills. I mean, he can do... You can do some, you know, side hustle with a handyman or something. I oh yeah, know. yeah. There's, I mean, there's lots of things out there. It's just a matter of, again, what's the right scenario for you. So for him, it wasn't going back to a full time job, but uh, you know, some sort of part time work is certainly on his horizon. So there yeah, you go. yeah. All right, last one here, number five for money mistakes you might, uh, you know, re- regret and how to hopefully avoid them, and the it's the opportunities around maybe Roth IRAs or just being. Other tax buckets, I suppose, John, is the conversation. Many people will come in to see a, a financial professional like yourself and they'll go, yeah, I've got everything in the 401k and boy, maybe that was a bad idea after all. Because I've been taught 
you know, go to work, pump everything into the 401k, and I'll be in a lower tax bracket when I retire. And that's sounding like it might not be the case, right? We're hearing that more and more. Yeah. It, I mean, and this is kind of the the opposite end of the spectrum of of taking premature IRA withdrawals. It's that yeah, you're forced into taking RMDs now when you're 73, uh, at least this year. Right. And believe it or not, Mark, there are people that are absolutely ticked off that they have to take an RMD, a required minimum distribution oh, yeah. IRAs. And like, man, that's like one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't do any Roth conversions or I didn't look at other tax-free vehicles right. for this mm-hmm. or I didn't do some tax planning, which requires five, 10 years, let's just say. Sure. But no one, no one taught me about this. And right. I'm like, well, I mean, it's that ship has kind of sailed. I mean, we can do a little bit, but yeah, we, we can't do a lot. And they're like, man, I'm telling my kids, do this, look at tax-free because these taxes are killing me. These required minimum distributions are, I, I don't need the money. And that's a good problem to have. I don't need the money and I'm just getting taxed on it. So Right. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely one of those things where, you know, we are certainly happy, um, I suppose, in one respect, because we've done a good enough job that we don't necessarily have to pull the money out, right? So that's that's the silver lining there. Downside is government's been waiting on their money, and they want it. So you got to figure out, you know, what's the best strategy, and maybe that's a little earlier on, you know, doing some conversions and things of that nature. So I certainly yeah, agree. and it's all around tax planning. I yep. mean, you don't want to do conversions later. I mean, it, it's there, there's so many tax strip wires in retirement. You, you really got to start doing it at 55 in your 50s, 55. Okay. Just start, you know, doing some serious tax planning. Well, and talk with a certified financial planner for, for that. They're the tax planners and uh, then have it blessed by the CPA or our tax attorney, but start your conversation there is what I would say. Well, and John is a certified financial planner. So if you need some help, reach out to him at Epiphany Capital. Find him online at johnchoy.net because these are five money mistakes you might regret. And these are some ways to ponder to avoid them. And certainly working with a financial professional like John can help you do just that because we don't do this every day like he does. So reach out to him, get started, get on the calendar, uh, book a call online, you know, whatever it is you need to do, check out some of the resources at his website there, uh, johnchoy.net. That's johnchoy.net. And don't forget to subscribe to Middle Class Billionaire on Apple, Google, or Spotify. Type that into the search box of any of those apps or just find it all at johnchoy.net. All right, my friend, thanks for breaking down these five mistakes. I appreciate it. It was a fun conversation. Yeah, man, I always enjoy talking with you. I hope you have yourself a, a great week. Enjoy the holiday uh, or Halloween season, and I will see you <laughs> in November. All right. Take care, folks. We'll catch you next time here on Middle Class Millionaire. Epiphany Capital is a registered investment advisor, RIA, located in the state of Illinois. Epiphany Capital provides investment advisory and related services for clients nationally. Epiphany Capital will maintain all applicable registration and licenses as required by various states in which Epiphany Capital conducts business, as applicable. Epiphany Capital renders individualized responses to persons in a particular state only after complying with all regulatory requirements or pursuant to an applicable state exemption or exclusion.